Daniel, who'd have thunk it? Johnny Evans, 200th appearance for Manchester United, match winner. Well, almost. Yeah, he played well, didn't he? I mean, he did. It was one of those games where United were five to four, uh, were five to four on to win this game, which felt like very, very generous odds because these kind of games, I didn't expect it to be pretty and it wasn't, but Hmm. they're usually those kind of games. They're usually decided by quality in the end. You sometimes lose them for sure, but it's that additional bit of quality that usually settles those. And that was what United found. I mean, there wasn't a lot else. And in some ways you could say, well, it was a bit despairing (laughs) given how shit it was. But at this stage of proceedings, any kind of win, because if we can beat Palace in the next couple of games and all of a sudden there's a bit of momentum. It feels good again. Yeah, we're not, we're not as bad as we looked in that game. Yeah, look. Burnley had a lot of the ball, didn't they? And I guess they've gone from... Has any team done an about-face so quickly from Sean Dyche to Tiki Taka? Arsenal. Uh, uh, well, We're I guess encouraged they, to yeah. forget about this with the Guardians <laughs> of style on their moral high ground that for 100 yeah. years of their existence, they stuck the sport out. <laughs> George Graham to Arsene Wenger. Yeah, and even that's before right. that, Terry Neal. Like, the, the double team, they haven't played good football. I mean, I, I say it no, like I saw right. them, I didn't, but... They didn't score many <laughs> goals, and by far the least good team to ever win the League Cup double was them. Yeah, we'll get onto Arsenal a bit because uh, they're kind of interesting at the moment. But um, yes, United United didn't play particularly well, but they did at least defend well. I guess helped by Burnley having a couple of their better sort of attacking players out of this game, and and good right because a back four of Dallow, Lindelof, Johnny Evans, and Sergio Reguilón should give nobody confidence ever. What? Uh, but they did well overall. So. But that's that's one of the things, really, isn't it? That when people are bitching about this team, and I don't mean people like us, although because they're forgetting we're, we're part of the bitching sometimes. Yeah, yeah, we are doing the bitching, but you always try and qualify. United are missing all four of their back of the first choice back four. Yeah, and in that circumstance, you're going to see a difference. I mean, I think we saw it particularly in the first half in the way United tried to play out, where I think the game I just felt so dull because when you've got a team that's trying to build and from the back and can't really, versus a team that doesn't really want to press them because they're scared of the space in behind, you get the kind of dreadful game that we saw yesterday. But yeah. I guess I hope that that chance where Brentford hit the post. So mark the changing of the muzzle because we have had not a lot of luck this season. And yeah, sure. Football is a chaotic game, and over the course of a season, the best side will win the league because thirty-eight games is enough to account for that chaos. But after six games, United have been on the wrong side of that chaos way more times than on the right side, and it feels like it's been reflected in results that haven't massively reflected. The, the way the game, yeah. the flow of the games that we've seen. And that's not to say United haven't been wanked. They have. But they're, they're capable of better than this. And they have, in fact, been better than 3-1 to Arsenal, 3-1 to Brighton yeah. suggests, I think. You can be wank and unlucky, and United have definitely been unlucky in these first few games. I mean, in fact, in, during this game, Johnny Evans' header before the actual winning goal was ruled out because Rasmus Hoyland was stood in front of the keeper but then I think back to just, what, a couple of weeks ago and Manchester City player stood in front of the keeper, goal was OK. We've been on the bad side of, like, VAR handball decisions this season. Yeah, we got we got we we massively got away with one against Wolves. So, so now the world must correct itself. 
but well, it felt like it felt like it did against Tottenham because that went on for a week. The tedium of discussing that, but I I don't think I agree with what you say about the City goal because that was just an egregious error. So I'm not sitting here going, well, you made that balls up, so why can't you make us a balls up too, dickhead? <laughs> it's actually that when when the header, when the original header comes in from Evans, because Hoyland is an offside position, but he's not offside until the header. And when well, yes, it's second phase. And when he, right, so. yeah, and when, and when and when the header is won, he's not offside. So actually, I think I think that was a mistake. Because Hoyland's moved by then, but yeah, I guess I guess we got there in the end, and I mean, yeah, disallow yeah, yeah. that, dickheads. That, that is a, that is a good point actually, because a lot of the stills or the video focuses on where the ball is when it reaches. Is he in the, the is he in the Hoyland, range? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not when the header is taken. I, I should go back and look at that. But you know, I'm not getting all conspiratorial. I, I just think it's when we're talking about bad luck United have had some decisions go against them which are really marginal so the really marginal offside a week ago the Johnny Evans header yesterday the handball given against Christine Eriksson against Bayern which is rolled off his knuckles and then hit the top of his arm which is not off which oh not my handball, gosh that, that which, one which is I mean, it, any reading of Law 12, and you cannot say that was an unnatural position for your hand to be in, given the defensive action. And so it just feels like we've got the a poor rub of the green more often than and not. And he's trying to move so his far. hand away from it. And there was one today in the Arsenal-Tottenham game where yeah, it's just... I mean... I don't... I think the problem I have is that I can see... We can see what happened on a replay from every angle slowed down and still have not a fucking clue what the ref is going to give. And yeah, I don't. Yeah. That that's not healthy. That's not healthy. It's not healthy, healthy for anyone, and it's not a healthy yeah. state of affairs for the game. Because one of football's beauties is its simplicity, and it's not simple anymore. And I think with no, the Romero right. one, if you said the law is, is if the ball hits your hand like that, well, you'd have to obviously define it properly. Then it's a penalty. If you stop a goal being scored with a ball hitting your hand, it's a penalty. But. There needs to be something different with that and the Ericsson one, where there's no goal in, in even the, the wildest yeah, yeah. comprehension, but and, and no real advantage gained either. But it felt, yeah, it felt like that one in the Arsenal game. Also, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, I think they're going to go and give back and give go and give a penalty here, but yeah. I, don't, I don't think it's a penalty. But also, if they didn't give one, I'd think okay as well. I just I don't know what's going to happen, and that lack of clarity right. is is not good. No, it's not good for the game because you don't know when to celebrate anymore. And I know that's got, become a cliche, but it's true. Like every single goal, you've got to go check for some minutia that happened 10 minutes ago where a fucking butterfly in the jungle flapped its wings in the wrong way and the referee gives a completely incongruous decision. So Romero, this one's the easy one, right? Romero versus Garnacho when United played Spurs, not given. Romero today, given. Almost exactly the same. I mean, just down to the same player. And, and like, <laughs> he was having so he fucking neat. Abs- <laughs> he was he was on the cusp, Romero, of a nightmare for the ages. A book yeah. him, an own goal, and a penalty conceded, and somehow his team got him out of it, which which is a shame. But yeah, it's 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 it's. I mean, I thought the Romero one today wasn't a penalty. I thought the one against us was because the space between them was different, and that one. Yeah felt like the one today he was on his knees trying to make a block that's not what you do when you're trying to handle and we need to define really properly what 
deliberate means, I think. And yeah. Well, or you just go back to the old days, and it's here's your hand, it's handball. And I, I'd, I think the, the thing that makes it um, so egregious sometimes is the fact that penalties are given. So like the one given against Christine Eriksen, which in a, I mean, it shouldn't be a tight game versus Bayern because they really battered us, but, but it's effectively a match-winning penalty for like a, a, we're well down the road of other events having to happen before that's a goal, right? It's not even, it's a, <laughs> it's a low XG chance. I mean, right? and that's a even, lot of other even, stuff happens. even bearing in mind United's propensity for consecutive errors. Yeah. But I mean, I thought we were, I thought what well, you said about Brighton, about, about the, the Bayern game where we got a kicking. I didn't, it wasn't even at that point of the game. It wasn't like that. Like we were a better team. For what, 25 minutes? 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah. missed a really yeah. good chance to score. Well, two good chances in that one passage of play. Police and Ericsson, where we don't score. Then obviously we toss one in and immediately concede another one afterwards. But then we start the second half well and score. But at that point, it's a game. Once they score the third goal, the only point where it's, there's a class difference between these teams was when Brian, when, was when Brian with 3-1 up in, in terms of general play. I actually, I actually thought we did all right in that one. And in some ways, I didn't want it to be like that because I want these fuckers to go and beat City. Yeah. And I well, didn't watch that yeah. game and think, these are lads I can rely on. And no. <laughs> the last oh, time... Man. You want to say of affairs when, when we're thinking like that. When yeah. I, the last it, time I went to Bayern was in the 2010 game where Rooney gets injured. And I, I got a flight. I can't remember why. I went on my own. I met my mates there. and So I ended up in a hotel on my own and... Got there really late before the game and I completed the tremendous achievement because I didn't have very long to leave the hotel to get to the ground, but I obviously had an entire afternoon's pre-match drinking to do. So, can't believe I'm going to willingly come out with this bullshit. But I drank a bottle of wine. You do so often, Dan. I drank a bottle of wine while taking a dump. Lovely. Literally about four Lovely. minutes. Yeah, that was that was the highlight. Actually, I said that was the highlight of that one, but it wasn't because Rudy's goal was also good. And then and then got less good after that. But back to this game, I think watching it was. I tell you what gave me some hope was, and it's just we've been starved of an actual centre forward for so long. I didn't think Hoyland yeah, played. Yeah. I didn't think played so, that well. No, but he's just there, isn't he's he? Trying he, takes the ball, he? Controls it. He's trying to he's score. He's trying to score the front post. He's yep. making the runs. He's trying to get into the back post. Just all the things that no fucker has done in so long. And yeah, we've got a, it's a small data set, but in the goal he got chalked off and the goal he scored, two really good finishes as well. Right. I mean, I know it took a deflection, but so he can finish. He's a big fucker. He's quick. He runs the channels. He uses his ass. I, I mean, I like everything I see now. We don't know whether he's going to get enough shots off. You know, it didn't create much today. And we don't know really the quality of his finishing. We'll find those out. Those two really important things for a forward. But he's doing everything else really well. I mean, already making the scene better, just being there, I think. So, and I th- like it. One of the things that, is, that I was kind of been thinking about, because with players coming back now, I'm starting to wonder what the best composition of the team is. And I feel like yeah. we might we might have to spend some time discovering that Casemiro Mount and Bruno doesn't work again, even though we know it already. But part of me, whereas I think I've already decided, Ten Hag will be delighted to know, that the best <laughs> midfield is Bruno and then two of Amrabat, Casemiro and Maino, Maino. I've no idea which, but what I like starting to think about Casemiro more and more is 
He knows where the goal is. He and... does. He's our top scorer this season. <laughs> <laughs> Has that ever been said of him before? And, <laughs> and he, and, and that, so if Amrabat or Mainu can play as a number six, and if you've got Casemiro next to them, between them, you should get enough box to box activity and protection of the back four. But the other thing that I hadn't thought of so much until yesterday is, I mean, with, with Anthony gone, perhaps, who knows how long, perhaps forever. Yeah. It makes sense maybe for Mount to play on the right. And I'd be, I think that'll happen. I'd be worried yeah. about that because it's already our weaker flank in terms of the fullbacks. Are we going to have yeah. enough to stretch the pitch? It will help us with the possession in midfield, but also we only have one centre forward. It's this guy. Yeah. So yeah. when Ten Huff is deciding what the team is, it's one of the massive questions is how do I best serve this centre forward? And well, yes, but but Mount's expected goals and assists is higher on the right than anywhere I know else he had that pitch. really good season playing on the right, didn't he? So there is, and that. yeah, part of me thinks if you've got police, you can go if he can go on the outside, can he smack low crosses to the front post? I don't know if Mount can do that, but that might be something I think about. But if your wingers are police in Rashford. Sort of back to being that counter-attacking team again, probably. I would imagine. Yeah, and and I do think Ten Hag, in similar way to Pep, really, probably likes one controller and one attacker in the wide areas, and he doesn't want to gamble. Yeah, it's a very thing as well. This that. transitional side, I think the composition of midfield is going to be really interesting because against Burnley, to come back to that, having Scott McTominay in there is a fucking disaster, right? He he hides in the passing lanes. We've talked about this before, but he really does, and he was just lumping it forward. And he plays a completely different role for Scotland, where he's basically a free eight and can make those third man runs. And so he scores. And so everyone's like, ah, well, look what Scotland That's Conway what he can do. He can run. He, but he in, a, to... in a passing team, it's a disaster. Yeah, he so. is. I mean, because, yeah, he can run with the ball and he's a good finisher. But yeah. that's not that's not what we're trying to do here. But we but Ten Hag showed him that he disgusted him <laughs> in the first few games <laughs> of the season. Yes, and McTee is responding in kind, really. That he's not. I mean, there's that shocking clip that went round. It really was shocking of McTominay ten minutes after coming on as a sub against Bayern, just kind of jogging back after he lost the ball. I mean, I'd be playing that over and over again in the video analyst room and going, "What the fuck are you doing?" We got we got the full game after that as well. So clearly, Ten Hag's not seen that. Well, yeah, he probably has. He just doesn't have options. But the other thing yeah. about this team, to go back, we're talking about its composition is. Part of me would sort of like to see, and this could sound ridiculous, but a front three of Mount or Police Street, Hoyland and Garnacho. Because I think if you've got that, and then behind them, you've got Bruno and two of the other three, you've got a team that can properly press and with proper athleticism. And at the moment, for whatever reason, this is these are not things that interest Marcus Rashford. Problem being, well, he's never been a particularly good presser. I'd right. Say. Problem I mean, being, that he's, he's willing but not good. Yeah. Probably, I don't think he's that willing either. And the problem there is that obviously we can't really leave him out because he's our route to go and he can make things yeah. happen. But there's a level of, and I don't know what it is, and I I don't like to call him or any player these kinds of things. But I don't know. There's a bit of laziness there. I don't know if it's a footballing IQ thing because sometimes, not sometimes, often he does things and I'm like, oh. And so for me to suggest that he his understanding of the game isn't good is it feels weird because I see so many other things where I think you've seen that so beautifully. 
and I didn't, or or ever. Not that I'm any kind of standard, but I guess when you're watching it, that's sort of what you're comparing it to. And I thought that yesterday, last last evening, he he was sort of guilty of overplaying a little bit in his it feel in his desire to build this partnership with Hoyland. He was giving it when perhaps he shouldn't, and I'm sure that would improve. I just wonder if your kind of one touch finisher you make the one Hoyland to be if Rashford is a good partner for that don't know well we'll find out it's hard to leave out a player who scored 30 goals the season before I don't think he's started the season particularly well I mean he did score that brilliant goal against Arsenal but he's not in the same form he was at the end of last season and and it's a big question you want to get Garnacho in the team quite a bit this season right he deserves to get 30 games as a starter and the only way that's going to happen is if Rashford moves into the centre because I think if Ten Hag believed in Garnacho playing off the right, he could have done it by now. Instead, he so doesn't believe in Palestri and Garnacho that he's juggled the team around to be playing this diamond midfield in order to not do that. And he played right? Palestri so, in Munich. He played Palestri in Munich, so he really doesn't want to play Garnacho off the right. He he wants Hoyland through the centre for understandable and evidential reasons, um, and which means that in order for Garnacho get, to get a lot of game time, he's got to get in against ahead of Rashford. And in order to do that, he's got to score more goals. And we know he's capable of doing that. But he can't just, if he's not on the pitch. But yeah. If he's never on the Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, look, that's a good problem. The big the big bad problem is in central midfield where the balance definitely isn't right. And as soon as Mount is back and he may be back for the next game, it seems like he's close, then we've got to work out whether him alongside Casemiro works because it didn't feel like it did in the small number of games that we saw in pre-season and but, at the beginning of this season. But they were so. but they were less fit than us <laughs> yeah. at that point. So, <laughs> well. so let's see. But yeah, I think that my guess would be Varane will start on, against Palace. And maybe, Am- I mean, Amrabat was funny, that little cameo, because I haven't seen that much of Amrabat, don't have big opinions about him. But one of the things I keep reading people that have seen more of him say is he loves giving away free kicks. And he comes on yeah, yeah. and his first act in the United shirt is to give away a free kick that they almost score from right at the end. He does. He actually doesn't defend that much. If you look at the data or... I think that's partly because Fiorentina but... have a lot of possession last season. They do, they do. Yeah, but like over his career as well. But yes, it's true. I mean, Fiorentina's the team at 60% possession. So it does it skew the stats one way. But we'll see. I mean, he came on, basically played left back, didn't he? Against Burnley. So we'll see whether he starts one of these games. I mean, he may well start in the EFL Cup. Because we've got two games against Palace coming up, haven't we? Back to back. Yeah, I mean, if he was, he wasn't mm. fit for much yesterday... So he may, I, I, I'm not sure he will. I mean, I, I hope, I really hope he does start because I want him available for us. But it feels like yesterday's win in theory, I hope, means that we're over the worst of this, of this little patch now. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> we'll find out, won't we? We haven't even talked about Bruno's goal yet. Oh man. What's Johnny that? Evans floated past Paul, Paul Scholes, second coming of Paul Scholes, that was. It reminded Left me. Left um, floated past. It reminded me a bit of the goal Van Persie gets at West Ham. In the cup, oh, that where, one, yeah, where, yeah, where yeah. gigs clips yeah. are passed like that. There's a lovely yeah, yeah. pass, and yet there is so much to do. Yeah, I mean, stunning finish from Bruno. We needed Angry. it. I mean, he's not. He, I mean, the problem with the cup formation, I thought the more the formation we played yesterday was more four-two-three-one with McTee and Casemiro, and then Bruno, Hannibal, and Rashford behind. But Bruno on the right is just. I mean, it, it, it's so frustrating. 
But, and yeah. I thought Hannibal did pretty well. Yes, did. I thought he had a good, particularly, had a good game. Particularly in the last yeah. 15 when we were trying to close it down. He showed, yeah. like, he's got some physical presence. He's not yeah. scared. And he has a, his, he can, he can pass the ball. I don't, I don't know. Managed to not get himself booked was a miracle for him. Yeah. Played to full 90 and didn't beat anyone up. I don't, yeah. So. I don't know what he does next. As in, does he, I mean, yeah. I guess he might stay in against Palace and you play Amrabat. I'm not sure what he can do to cement himself in the team if if he's a number ten because if if he's a number eight then he can compete for a place with the others. But yep. if you're playing, I I wouldn't be playing him where Ten Hag played him yesterday because it means yeah. marginalising Bruno and I wouldn't do that. But well, quite. But I mean, the thing is, like at youth level, he was that creative number ten. He really was, and and he. He really stood out at that level. At Birmingham, they played him as an eight, basically, mostly. And he did really well. So, and the things that have shone so far are not at the creative part of his game when he's coming to the to the full team, which is odd. The things that have stood out are the fact that he's willing to kick people and run. because uh, Which is all good qualities. So Because at that point, it. It, just, it just did, like, that point in Anfield, it just didn't matter what happens there just needed to be at least at least some violence, yeah. Because well, it was yeah, there's nothing and, he was going to be able to do. To uh, and don't get me wrong, I'm fully in favour of violent players, and I like that side of his game. And sometimes, and especially this United side, really needs someone willing to do that. So I don't see any downsides in him getting some game time. He, I don't think. I mean, he's getting it because there's a lot of injuries, but I don't think he's not in Ten Hag's thoughts, otherwise he'd be out on loan again. And he's, yeah, he's, he's, he was, he's, he's, he's doing all right. I mean, back to the goal, obviously Van der Beek, I'm sure there are people on Twitter that are convinced that Van der Beek would have smashed that into the top corner and off the bar. <laughs> but um, also it was noticeable after the game, Bruno gives the man the match award to Evans, who was yeah. visibly touched in another act of pathetic captaincy by someone <laughs> everyone who doesn't know the people involved is convinced is hated by everyone who plays with him. Which is a I bit mean, like that with Roy Keane as well. It? It's a bit like that with Roy Keane. Yeah. That because of like the shouting and stuff, they thought that the other players hated him. But you, I've never heard anyone who played yeah. with Roy Keane for United think that he wasn't the top bloke. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that that's right. Look, Bruno's a great captain for me. He does all the things you need to. Yes, he moans and bitches a bit, but so what? He's he's our moaner. He's saying the standards. So, yeah, and he wants the standards to be high, and that was an absolutely fabulous he's finish. He's wasted the best so. years of his career playing with wankers. Let's, let's not <laughs> well, forget that. That must be aggravating. I would be aggravated. I mean, I'm doing it here right now. No, I'm joking. <laughs> he, he, I, thought, yeah, I, thought, I thought he had a good game, actually. I mean, relatively speaking from the right but once yeah. yeah once we get him slipping balls between center back and full back for Haaland not Haaland fuck off for Hoyland <laughs> <laughs> wow Freudian slip there you're expecting a January transfer are you yeah, yeah exactly um, but of whom to where <laughs> some couple of odd things I noticed in that game one was Vincent Company wearing I mean Shocking. probably some kind of dis- what? display baseball cap like one of those massive ones that you see on like toy animals or whatever that are <laughs> like double the size well, with well he does have an unusually large head, yeah with, with a suit a shiny suit and a white t-shirt underneath and the yeah, other one no. was they cut to jay rodriguez talking to some other nomark on the touchline and he's covering his mouth 
I know. What are you saying? The time to... Yeah, I mean, I, I was about to suggest... What could be so secret? They do it all the time. Hannibal was doing it with Bruno at one point. What yeah. are you doing? No one cares what you're saying. There are no lit readers employed to see what Jay Rodriguez is saying to Nobby Orr, whoever it is he's talking to. Company, I mean... He just, I mean, look, it's, he was one, he was one step away from being a character and I'm going to get you sucker, right? You know, do you remember that Spike Lee? Uh, Spike Lee? It was Spike Lee, wasn't I it? I think I've seen Early that. 90s. <laughs> you haven't seen it? I think so. Oh, maybe it was one of the Wayans brothers. The Wayans, anyway, whatever. I'm going off on a massive tangent. Uh, I mean, I, yeah, I'm so not, I wasn't a big favor of, in favor of that look, but Ten Hag has done t-shirt and suit. We're going to spread the criticism around on that one. <laughs> we counted him off for that. That's true. But, oh, man, I would love Vinny's Burnley to play their gorgeous football and lose every game. I I haven't got a lot of sympathy for them. There was, actually, on a more serious note with Burnley fans, there was that clip going round of that one Burnley fan uttering a lot of racist abuse at United fans. It's still in there. I mean, they are the crowd that held up the White Lives Matter banner as well uh, with, the, with that an aeroplane of some sort didn't they as well? yeah and they, boo- and they booed yeah, raheem yeah. sterling yeah why, why are you doing that exactly that's like what is burnley's history with raheem sterling none yeah all right well that was a victory when it was desperately needed so i just hope yeah i hope like you that we're over this over this hump now and we can move on from there perpetual level of crisis we seem to have been in at the beginning of this season a lot of players coming back obviously we're not going to get Juan Bissaka, Shaw or Malassia before it sounds like before the end of the year sounds like Maynou is back in training though in some fashion so he may be back sooner who else is out we've got Mount coming back probably next week Amrabak's back Varane was Varane was in the squad yesterday yeah, it's getting there. We're, we're nearly there because also I feel like Regulon is doing better than we probably thought he would. And I guess it was partly just because he was crap at Tottenham, but, that, but he was good for Sevilla against us. And going forward, he's still like, we're still missing that final, that final pass or shot, but he's, yeah. he's, he's, he's willing running means, going forward. And he's good. He's good at it. It means that yeah. we're not missing Shaw in an attacking sense. He did. He did get himself out of position for, was it Arsenal's goal? I think it was Arsenal's goal. The first game he played. Apart, aside from that, he's done, actually No, he's I don't think he played right. in that one. That Dallow played that. Yeah, okay. When The first game he played, Reguillon, he got himself overloaded against Brighton. Sorry, against Brighton. And that was pretty poor positioning. He moved forward when he should have gone back. Apart from that, I don't think I've seen him make a defensive mistake, so, which is a bonus because that's definitely the weakest part of his game. And he's a willing runner going forward. You do miss Shaw's quality. You forget his quality on the ball is really high, Luke Shaw. He's he's become a really good player. So Yeah, he's not... Re- but it's... Uh, Re- Reguillon has... Such he's filling in a gap there. He also... Reguillon has like a bit of explosion, I think, that Shaw doesn't have. Shaw, Shaw's a really strong runner with the ball, but I don't like... There's just a bit of gas that Reguillon has in the first few strides that I think Shaw doesn't have. And... I mean, I mean, we're seeing it because he's he's obviously he's obviously been told to play like that, and he is. I mean, I think Ten Hag's probably quite pleased with him from seeing from the way he spoke about him playing, despite being yeah, him, which is just one of those funny things in football that risking like health and limb is considered. I guess you in the boss's good books. <laughs> Do 
The podcast is supported by you, our listeners, at patreon.com forward slash NQATpod. We do a weekly show talking about stuff from around the world of football. You can also get the full pod in video version there. And for higher tiers, there's merch for backers. Patreon.com forward slash NQATpod. All right, moving on then. EFL Cup, it's EFL Cup first, isn't it? And then Palace in the Premier League next weekend. So EFL Cup on Wednesday, Tuesday night. It's Tuesday night, two days for this one. What kind of side are we going to see here? Because I kind of I worry about the loading a little bit, and I'm sure Ten Hag will with all these injuries that we've got this season. So I reckon, for, you know, let's, let's try and pick a team. So I reckon it'll be a, a Nana. Do we have? I think he'll definitely play. Uh, maybe no. he'll play BMD because he's actually going to have to play, isn't he? He's going to have to play in January. Yeah, so maybe so, play him. Is that his name? I can't remember his name now. I think so. For him. <laughs> <laughs> him. What right backs do we have? It's, it's just Dallow, isn't it? It's just Dallow because Williams is gone. So maybe you put, I mean, I think say I maybe, mean, he's gonna have maybe to put play. one of the midfielders a right back. Maybe you put Amrabat at right back, but there's quite a lot of running to be done in that position. Then yeah. I think I think it'll be Varane. And I'm going Varane and Evans. Varane needs minutes. Yeah. But I, Matt, yeah. Does he need the risk of playing? Yeah, because he's got to play game, and you yeah. want him to be ready for the league game. And you sh- yeah. And then, the, I guess up front, the front, your front three is Garnacho. I'd probably play Hoyland. Police three. It might be Martial and, and Police three, those three. Yeah. yeah and yeah. then the midfield three just depends who's fit. I'd play if I thought Mount Mount and Amrabat would fit, I'd definitely play them. I would try not to play Bruno, but Bruno always plays. Bruno always plays. It'd be good for him to get a game off. He played well, it was the only United player to start more than fifty games last season, so he's he's like and he played that's just in a massive amount of minutes across all competitions with Portugal as well. So yeah, he deserves a week off. He won't get it. Uh, I guess Hannibal's played well enough that he could get another start. Yeah, yeah. If, Depends uh, whether they want to play Amrabat and Mount. Like, how much? How many minutes do they get? Yeah, maybe they play a bit mm. each. Maybe Amrabat plays an hour, Mount plays half an hour, and you play out and you play Hannibal. I think that'd be fair. I, I'd happily see and Hannibal play again. I think the problem is also you're not sure what Palace are going to do because you have these teams that, even though they shouldn't go down, the manager's scared of getting relegated, so they often toss cup competitions where really... Palace's yeah. best team would fancy themselves to get a result if we're resting players. And well, yeah. why are they not going to try and get to a cup final? I mean, I if I was Roy Hodgson, I'd be picking the best team that I possibly could. He, it, It's kind of interesting because they went through this transition of bringing a lot of young players in, didn't they? And uh, Patrick Vieira. And now they've brought the old manager back who doesn't like the young players much. But he's kind of had to play them. And they managed to keep Elise this Summer, he's injured now, though, isn't he? I can't, I can't remember. I thought, I think, I think Elise but... is injured. I mean, he, him, and Eze, yeah. two of my, two of my favorite yeah, players yeah. who don't play for United. I think. Love. I, I love wonder with Elise whether there's some kind of release clause there because he signed a new contract. I presume so. I, I, I'm sure all of them are looking at Wilf Zahar and wondering, like, do we want to piss our careers up the wall playing ten years for Palace? I'm sure they don't if they're good enough to go elsewhere and. And Elise and Eze are definitely good enough to go elsewhere. I would be looking. Um, I'd be looking very carefully at Elise if we're going to sign a right winger. He's a lovely player, and of the profile, it kind of depends whether we've got any right wingers left at the end of this season. 
plenty plenty in the boardroom. Oh, yeah, undoubtedly. <laughs> Perhaps in the manager's office as well, who knows? Oh, Any of them come out in support of Russell Brand? I mean, it's a signal. <laughs> yeah. That one, oh, that, one's, that one's not finished either. There's a couple of the others that, that they're coming for. Yes. Yes. Yes, apparently with him, yes. Uh, I was listening to another podcast with another comedian who's like, yes, this is an open secret, who's like, but not these ones. Yeah, the so. next one will be unsurprising, and the one after that will be very surprising. Right. Awesome. What a, what a lovely fucking world state of affairs, isn't it? <laughs> oh, man. Unbelievable. Yeah. All right, maybe United have moved on. This is an awkward segue, isn't it? Maybe United have moved on from their fucking state of affairs by actually winning, winning the cup. Because another loss, even if it's the, even if if it is a second string and stiffs playing, just goes straight back to this crisis narrative. I you just happened, want some momentum. Agree, yeah. It happened with Ole. It happened. Do you remember we, we, with Ole in the last in his last season? We lose to West Ham in in the League Cup in not disgraceful circumstances. There yeah, was a yeah. Rid- ridiculous penalty that we didn't get with Noble and Lingard, maybe. But but they lose, and it's just. The momentum, the momentum just aborts immediately, and yeah, we need we we yeah we want we're defending defending hold we hold not defending champions can't be champions of the league cup we're the holders let's say that we're the holders, and it's just you just you just need to keep the good vibes going, and and you see it with Tottenham we gave Tottenham their good vibes we injected them with pure uncut good vibes, and now yep. look. I mean, and that vibes are, have continued. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's one for the football cliches pod, isn't it? Can you be champions of a cup? You cannot. Can you be Champions League champions? You can be European champions, sure. You can be European. But champions. I'm sure West Ham are singing champions. about being European champions as well. The European <laughs> champions are the clubs no one's ever heard of. Um, oh dear, poor West Ham. And mind you, when we won the Cup Winners Cup in '91, no one was going. Well, this is a third tier European competition. What right? But it was it wasn't the Conference League. It was a, it was a thoroughly reputable competition between consenting <laughs> <Yeah>. adults. <laughs> Who did we play in that year's tournament? We didn't play anyone decent until the final. We played uh, Peximunkus, then Wrexham, then Montpellier, yeah. then Legia, then Barcelona. Yeah. Which that was one that was brilliant. The Legia game because the last four was United, Legia, Barcelona, and Juventus. Yeah, and we get Legia. My dad was actually in Warsaw for that away game, but was I was leading a school trips uh, of concentration camps and shit, so he couldn't go. Kids, you go see Auschwitz on your own. I'm you off know. to see famous so, so it all up. I'm off to see United. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, he did once take I mean, a group of kids to a game between England and Israel and tell in Ramagan that was nil nil and some of the worst rain you'll ever see. But uh, he couldn't. He couldn't quite schlep them to Legia away. Fair enough. Wow. Early early nineties nostalgia. I, you, you are better at this than me than remembering who we played in each round. Wayne can do like each of the league games for the last fifty years or something, and remember who we played, who was in the team, how many minutes they got a left back <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. I I don't. Yeah. It's so. sort of strange. Strange the way the memory works. I mean, I can do old stuff. I'm not very good at current stuff though. Games I've been to. I, I went to a ridiculous amount of games in the early to mid nineties, like home away, loads of stuff, doing stupid stuff like sleeping in parks, and like there's <laughs> a few anecdotes to that one. Uh, but almost all of it involved a heavy amount of drinking, which I think, in retrospect, was not good because the football's kind of fuzzy. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a fu- I guess but... I started noticing it in the Moyes years. You kind of think actually, good football's pretty antisocial because. <laughs> 
<laughs> we've just spent like the Moyes and the Van Gaal years just like gassing to each other at the game. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck all going on on the pitch. Going like, oh, on the pitch. Yeah, been going with you for ten years. Think I know you much better after a year of Moyes than I did previously. All right. Well, you know what, Dan? We don't have a single crisis to talk about this week. Well, not a new one. I guess yeah. There's on. There's just the ongoing rottenness of the leadership. There's and, the ongoing rottenness, but, but, and we know nothing about. Although Pitt, he didn't say anything about Greenwood or Anthony this week, Ten Hag, but he did talk about Sancho in this like the most dismissive terms. He said it's up to him. He won't be playing with us today. Uh, and he was just like fuck off, basically. Well, I guess because dismissiveness. That's a pers- That's personal. I mean, he can't say too much about. Anthony, I don't suppose, but no. But also, if it's it's Sancho's personal, like it's the Sancho yeah. situation is directly between those two, and yeah, I mean, yeah, who knows what Sancho's game is? But it feels if this goes much longer, he's never going to play for United again. No, I mean at this point, some will say he, he's not. His he goes barely played for United till now, as it is. Yeah, here someone's ego. He's going to have to go, and the manager can't do it because he'll lose all he's credibility. Because yeah. he's the manager, yeah. And even if someone are... is leaking, though, because there was a, a series of stories in the midweek about people don't like players, and we got this during the the Oli crisis years as well, and definitely during Ragnick. Like, so who is the leaker who's putting out stories from within the dressing room? Players aren't happy with the manager's discipline or his 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 how strict he is and stuff like that right there was a, a bunch of stories midweek about this so if someone is talking like who are who are the who are the culprits here is it Maguire? is it mctominay is it sancho i mean it won't be them directly either it'll clearly be coming by agents and uh, i think is snouts but even if there are players in the dressing room that think ten is wrong he still can't back down because it will still no, tell those can't. players that if they pressure him he will back down and no, like there's yeah. been enough of this bullshit in United over at United in the last few seasons. Yeah, you've got to, you've got to let the manager. You've got these decisions are up to the manager. Shouldn't be up to the club. And you just yeah, you can't you can't allow it. And so yeah, I yeah. totally I pissed off with Ten Hag for a whole manner of things that relate to his treatment of players in well not actually that's not right. I wouldn't say Rachel's treatment of players that I just guess relate to moral issues. But yeah. in this one, there may be stuff that's gone on that we don't know about. But as far as the stuff that we do know, yeah, I, I, I you've got to back Ten Hag, and when it's Ten Hag has ultimately done more for United than Jaden Sancho has as well. So here we are. I mean, uh, undoubtedly, undoubtedly so. Yeah, uh, I, yeah, I do wonder which one of them was. I mean, he talked about no good culture, and clearly he's done a lot to address that. Uh, it's interesting that a few of the players who've left United are now like in the doll queue, not literally, metaphorically. Although you never know. Uh, Jesse Lingard without a club, David De Gea without a club, Phil Jones probably unsurprising without a club. None of them announced their retirements though. So although there was a story this week that said Dave might retire if he doesn't find a top club, and he's rejected the offer from Saudi. I kind of think with him, with Dave. He's had such a long career, good career, and I know he wasted a lot there at United when, during peak Dave years, but he's got so much money. Why doesn't he just, if he wants to go back to Spain, why doesn't he just pick a smaller Spanish club? What, what, why? What's the harm in doing that, dropping down a level? Who knows? So, who knows? I don't know. 
All right, guess that's it, folks. Patreon backers, patreon.com forward slash NQAT pod for the extra show. Also, I've been putting up the videos if you want to see me, Dan, Wayne, Tom in person or at least in video. You can see us there, the whole show. And you can see Dan currently horizontal having a stretch. <laughs> I'm not horizontal. I, I have yeah, I have, yeah, that's I, I sitting still, not a forte. It's hard for him. It's hard for him. ADHD. You can see it's there. Also, mugs. I've got everyone your mugs, I think. New merch store, nqatpod.com forward slash merch. And there are, tell us, Dan, what's on there? A t-shirt that says, Fergie ruined your childhood with the option of, and you're not getting it back on the reverse. Everyone, Perfect. Should, everyone should wear one of those every day because... This is what people need to be reminded of on a regular basis. I, 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 I literally I cannot see an argument to the contrary. It's a service to the world, <laughs> reminding people of their childhood trauma. It's a service to your soul. Just remind yourselves. It's for, uh, it's not, it's for us to remind other people, but it's also for us to remind ourselves. Well, I mean, yeah, we do it every day. But yeah, it's yeah. so like Fergie said. Very, very reasonably priced as well. For the moment, we may uh, adjust that. But, <laughs> yeah. Go, go get it. I, I, soft launch. I've been tinkering with it, but uh, I will uh, get it out on all the socials soon uh, and let everyone know about it. But uh, yeah, go go ahead. Uh, it should be priced in your local currency, wherever you are in the world. Anyway, that's it. Thanks a lot, folks. See you next week. Please. We've just launched our new merch store at nqatpod.com forward slash merch. There's a few items on there. T-shirts, mugs, bucket hats, and so on. NQAT pod forward slash merch.